We are finishing up a series called You Versus You. So I'm going to say a statement, and uh, the, correct, the, the correct response is, oh, man. Okay, you ready? This is our last one in the series. Oh, man. <laughs> I love this church so much. Uh, yeah, so th- this is it. And so uh, what we've been talking about is this idea that uh, uh, no matter what you do, there will be a future you. And what we've been trying to accomplish in this series is to look at different areas of our lives and say, when I meet myself in five years, that person that is looking back at me in the mirror will have some thoughts about how I spent those five years and will have some insights into uh, what could go better and what could have gone worse. And I I know that, especially in this group, that a lot of times it's not completely in our control. Uh, Maybe you went through a a separation or you you got sick or whatever. And so so the, the, the person you meet in five years wasn't um, basically 100% on you, but uh, for the most part, for the most part, the person you meet in five years, the you that you meet in five years, uh, you will have been mostly responsible for. And so that's what we've uh, been talking about. And the, the overarching verse in this is this one. Um, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Jesus didn't just, you know, when he became an adolescent, all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, perfect Jesus. There, there was this growing, and it's kind of weird to think about it because for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have this theology, this, it's called the incarnational ministry of Jesus, meaning that God literally became man. But this God that became man still grew. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? So, so, so for how much more for us, do we need to look at different areas of our life and see how do we end up growing? How do we do this in a way so that when I see myself in five years, um, I, I look a little different than I do now? And one of the things we talked about last week, and if you missed last week's sermon, uh, I usually don't say this, but you need to go see it, okay? It's like one of the most important um, concepts in this whole series. And uh, it, it basically is the idea that Bodily discipline is of some profit, but godliness is profitable not only for this life, but also for the life to come. And so we explore that idea a little bit, and, um, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, basically check that out. So here's the way Christianity works. And for those of you who are not followers of Jesus, and maybe you got drug here and uh, you have to listen, um, this is going to make you super happy because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after the Christians today. And so you're just like, sweet, I'm off the hook. Um, but here, here's, here's how Christianity works. Uh, I accept Jesus into my heart, and he forgives me of all my sins, okay? That's what we would call salvation. It's more, more complicated than that, okay? But that's, for, now, for this sake, we'll, we'll do it. When we do a theology class, it'll be a whole segment. But we'll just say that, right? And then we spend the rest of our Christianity sinning and asking for forgiveness, we sin, and then we ask for forgiveness. And we sin, and we ask for forgiveness, and then we sin, and we ask for forgiveness. And, 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 and the person, if you're not a follower of Jesus or don't believe in the Bible, you're like, exact, that's exactly what I see. They, you guys sin, and then you ask for forgiveness, and then you think it's okay. That's not what Christianity is supposed to be, this sin management thing. And, and, and further... What ends up happening is you do the same thing. I do the same thing, and then I ask for forgiveness. And then I do the same thing, and I ask for forgiveness. And Jesus would say, um, that, that's crazy. Why would you do that? 
And yet that's what we do. We empty our sin bucket, we fill it back up. We empty our sin bucket, we fill it back up. We come to church, we sing songs, we go and we fill our sin bucket up, then we, we empty it out. And that's kind of the routine. But God didn't want it to be that way. As a matter of fact, imagine if all of your relationships were like that. <laughs> imagine you go to work on Monday. You get through the whole day and the boss says, uh, did you finish that report? Oh. I am so sorry. I spent the day watching YouTube videos. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm truly sorry. I feel guilty. And so I just am asking you for your forgiveness. And your boss says, okay, you can. All right, I get it. I get it. I've, I've wasted days too. So just make sure you get it done by tomorrow. No problem. I'm going to get it done by tomorrow. End of the day, tomorrow comes. Hey, did you get that report done? Yeah. Oh, so... Uh, I was super tempted to watch YouTube videos, um, and I did pretty good for a while. But then this raccoon, somebody sent me this one of a raccoon in a trash can. Hilarious! Anyway, I feel horrible. I feel terrible. I feel even worse than I did the day before when I apologized. I'm just asking for your forgiveness. Would you just show grace on me and mercy on me? Would you forgive me, please? Okay. Wednesday comes around. Did you get that report done? <laughs> and me cortisol, oh, it's broken. Oh. Listen, okay, look, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, and then on Sunday, I'm going to show up at your house, and I'm going to sing songs to you. <laughs> I'm going to sing, How Great Is My Boss? Uh, I'm, I'm going to sing a bunch of songs to you, and I'm going to mean it. I'm going to mean it. And at your house, when I sing to you, I'll change my ways. And I will, I will, I'm dead serious about this. I won't do it. You're fired, <laughs> is the response. All right? I won't even go into what, you, what your relationship with your spouse would look like, okay? I don't even want to give examples of that because <clears throat> I'm guilty of some of them. Okay. But that is not at all what God had in mind when he created a way for you to have a relationship with him. That is not the relationship at all that he has in mind. He has in mind a relationship where you go through life free, where you go through life unchained, where you go through life where you grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote a book that we call James because we don't aren't very creative. Uh, and, and listen to how powerful this is. He just, he says this, do not merely listen to the word. Like just at church and your, your walk with Jesus is not supposed to be this, I feel guilty and then I, I feel, I, I got rid of my guilt because I asked for forgiveness. I feel guilty, not good. It's, you deceive yourself when you do that. I went to church Oh, pastor was on fire. I know. <laughs> but uh, I, like, man, he, he, was, on, he was on fire. I, I, I left. I, I felt what? So convicted. Great. If that's the feeling that makes you feel spiritual, you are deceiving yourself. Do not merely listen to the word. Of course, you should listen to the word, just not merely listen to the word. Do what it says 
That is the goal that the Lord has for you in your relationship with Him. That you get to a place where you do what it says. Now, how do we break this cycle of sinning and asking for forgiveness and sinning and asking for forgiveness, sinning and asking for forgiveness? Well, you're not going to like the answer because that's not even a biblical model. The biblical model of Community with God is community with each other. That's the only biblical model. It's not to come in on a Sunday to listen to a very compelling and engaging sermon and then to go out and, and be on your own. That's just, just not, it's just not biblical. And so I'm going to read some uh, section of Scripture in John that I, a first John that's very famous, and hopefully it'll change your mind just a little bit about how do we get out of this pattern of sin and forgiveness, sin and forgiveness, sin and forgiveness, right? So hopefully I can do my job, and we'll get that, we'll get that done. So in first John, um, uh, John is, is talking to a group of Christians, and he's trying to set up and establish what does it mean to be in this community, this community, we would call it maybe a faith community, faith-based, I guess, but not really faith-based, just a faith community where, where all our values are all surrounded about Scripture and Jesus and what, how, 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 what it looks like to become more like Jesus. And so I've taken the first three verses of 1 John, and I've, I've, I've kind of made them into one concept, and I want you to see that you might not have seen before. He says, we declare, we have heard we have seen, we have looked, we have touched, we have seen, we testify, we declare, it was revealed to us, we declare, we have seen, we have heard. And so what, what he, they're trying to establish is there's this group of believers that have experienced together something, okay? So it's not, this is not John writing, I'm John, I'm, I've, I've got this you know, thing to give to you. He's talking about, he's describing the community in which he engages, okay? Now, he, he goes through all this stuff. Why? Why would he say we, us? Why, why would he be describing this? Well, he says it right here in verse 3. So that you may have fellowship with us. We want you to know that we've seen what God has done. We've touched it. We declare it. We've lived it. It's been a big part of, our, of what we're doing and that he's describing their community and he says, we want you to come on board. We want you to come on board with us to experience what we're experiencing in Christ, okay? And so that's what he says. So he, he says, we want you to have fellowship with us. And that's, understand this, this is so interesting. He doesn't say, hey, it's really important that you become a Christian, Pray the following verse. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I have been a bad person. I want you to be Lord of my life. Uh, raise your hand. You know, I, that's it. That's not what he says. He says this is an invitation into a community. And this is very, very important as you understand your faith and maybe understand why you might be stuck in a certain area of your life. To get unstuck is totally possible but it's not totally easy. He says this. Now, not only is your fellowship with us, but watch. 
And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So to enter into this community is not just to enter into the community of like-minded people in every area. Trust me, I know most of you, and I know most of your political stances, and you are not like-minded, okay? Okay, so I, I get that. It doesn't have to be every area. But when it comes to this, this idea of, I'm going to give my life over to Jesus, we become a like-minded community. And by doing so, we have fellowship not only with each other, but with, the, with our Heavenly Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. There's this bond, there's this unity that we have together. There's, if, if I might, there's a responsibility I have in my walk with Jesus because I'm part of another, uh, a broader family. It's not just about me asking for forgiveness to get rid of my guilt. As we talked about last week, it's about me learning to overcome so that when somebody who hasn't overcome yet comes into our family where we have fellowship with each other and with the Father and with Jesus, they can see what we called last week standard plus. I can do it now with a medicine ball on my shoulder. Like I said, if you didn't see it last week, you will understand when you do. Now, now, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Uh, why do we get into this community where we all worship Jesus and our Heavenly Father? Like, what's the goal? Is the goal to be holy and perfect? I mean, that's a good goal. Is the goal to have a, a safe place and everybody else is outside the walls, like we're protected with our beliefs in each other? Mm, I don't think so. That's not really what the Bible says. What's the goal? Well, fortunately, John, after verse 3, writes verse 4. And this is so important because you really have to ask yourself, is my relationship with Jesus just about feeling guilty and thanking him for dying for my sins? Like, what other relationship is like that? Why, what's healthy about that? Nothing. So John writes this, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. There is something about a community of people following Jesus that are humble, joyful, reliable, all striving for a common goal that is very, very joyful about going, okay, so in other words, if I follow the best I can what God's plan would be for me through Scripture or whatever, what the outcome is joy? Well, Jesus said it himself. My, my, I give you my joy. I, I want your, your joy to be complete. Like, G, that was Jesus' thing. It says in Hebrews that he was anointed with the oil of joy. There was something about his sinlessness that didn't bring this pious... I mean, I hate those pictures of Jesus or movies of Jesus where he's walking around like he's like, like he, anyway, he has an ailment, okay? So uh, it's like, that's not, that's not Jesus. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. When you enter into this community through salvation and then this pursuit of holiness or this pursuit of, it's, the outcome is joy. If you're a Christian and you do not have joy, there's, that's a problem. That's a problem. You need to re-examine what you're doing. 
So he goes on and he talks about like, like bringing everything into the light. And again, I did the same thing with these verses. God is light. There is no darkness. Do you want to walk in the dark? This isn't the verse. I just kind of mushed it all together. It's like a, like a mashup with verses. Walk in the darkness. No fellowship and lie. Walk in the light. We have fellowship, he's saying. So like, what is it that you want to accomplish? If you walk in the darkness, of course, I mean, it's like, John's just, it's a rhetorical question. Like, no one says, I'd like to walk in the darkness. No, you want to be children of light. You want, to, you, you want fellowship. You want to walk in the light. He says, we have fellowship with God. Wouldn't that be the goal of a community, to have fellowship with God? I mean, I'd join a church because I want to get closer to God. He says this, but if we walk in the light... As he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. There is no way to successfully navigate your relationship with Jesus alone. You weren't designed to do it. it, it it's just not in your makeup. Now, you might, have, you might do better than everybody else alone. Like, you might be adequate. But who... Honestly, who wants an adequate relationship with God? You have the God of the universe. He's allowing you to have a relationship with him, and you're like, it's just okay. Oh, congratulations, right? It's not supposed to be just okay. So he says, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you, do you, see, that? Do you see how it blends in? We, we can't have the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin without the community of believers to experience this in. Otherwise, you're just on your own with this relationship with Jesus. And then he says this next verse. When I memorize this verse, I memorize it in the Living Translation. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that sounds great. Uh, that, that's, that is the Monday sin, Monday night on my knees. Tuesday sin, Tuesday night on my knees. Wednesday sin, we confess our sins to God. Okay? The problem is to God is not in that verse. This is the verse. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We, us. We need to be confessing our sins to one another. As a matter of fact, as difficult as it is, the only times in my life I've ever had victory in something that I was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday forgiveness routine was with somebody I was confessing my sins to. And it's hard, but it works really well. So John sets up this whole narrative. Us, us, us. We have this fellowship. We're washed in the blood of Jesus together. It's all this unity. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. And that's important. But that's not the only reason why we confess our sins to God. I mean, to, uh, to each other. We confess our sins to God and we confess our sins to each other because we want to be healed. 
We started off with James. Do not merely listen to the word uh, um, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Well, later on in James, he says this. Therefore, confess your sins. That is an important part of Christianity. But what's more important is the three words he says after that. To each other. To each other. Confess your sins to each other. And listen, you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus to get this down. Because I'm sure there was a time in your life, for some reason, you needed to change. And you needed accountability. Okay, like... But, Maybe, maybe you, maybe you uh, ended up joining AA or, uh, you know, CA or, you know, whatever. You, whatever, the, any one of the A's, okay? And, and getting into that community of people who say, man, this is my junk. If you, if you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to come here every day, oftentimes twice a day, and I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on with me. And all of a sudden, you begin to see people get overcoming their addictions. Uh, Celebrate Recovery does the same thing. You get into a community that is serious about moving forward, and then you talk to those people who are free from their addiction, and what do they say? Oh, my goodness. It's so much better. See, their joy has been made complete. Confess your sins to each other. Why? Why do that? And pray for each other. So that you may be healed. That's the goal. The goal is to be holy, but the goal of holiness is to be whole, is to be healed. And so we go through this process with James. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe it's a smaller thing for you. It's your weight and you go to Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or whatever and you step on the scale and everybody either cheers or they encourage you or whatever. It's the same type of thing. At my gym, since I talked about it last week, I might as well continue. Uh, we have these things called your macros. You've got to watch your macros. And macro is just an acronym for take all the fun out of everything. Uh, you, you mark down like how many proteins you've eaten. You guys are like, that's not an acronym. I think I need to tell them what an acronym is. That's what made it funny. Okay. Um, and so, so you go in, it's like one of the most humiliating things because you go in and they weigh you. Okay. So you're just like, they write it down and then they measure you. Okay. Oh, your biceps, your, like, all sorts of your midsection. Like, like you can't, like, suck it in because there's, like, numbers and stuff. And they write all that down, and then they send you an email and says, this is what you can eat. It's like a, you know, like a kale leaf, <laughs> a peanut. No. It's, no, it's the opposite. You actually eat more. Actually, it's difficult to eat as much as they want you to eat. It's just you, of what you're eating, Okay. So that's the thing. So, so imagine, imagine if that's the accountability you have in one of the areas of your sin where somebody's going, let's, let's measure how you're doing. Now, what's the goal of them measuring me and giving me what I can eat and what I can't eat? Health. We all know that, right? Why do we go to Jenny Craig? Health. Weight Watchers, health. You know, why do we go to AA? Health. 
so that we may be whole. How much more for the areas of our life where we just keep going back and back and back and back? Do we need to be confessing to one another? You're like, John, I don't even know anyone. <laughs> like, like that just, maybe it frightens you. The reason it frightens you, hear me, is because you haven't yet experienced the consequences of not confessing. You're only scared of the consequences of confessing because those are real right now. Like, man, I might be embarrassed. I might, uh, what if they reject me? The fear of rejection. What if I mention what it is and they're like, I've never heard anything that bad. I guarantee they have, okay? Like, like those, that's, those, are, those consequences are right there. And, 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 and they're fearful, and I get it, and it is hard. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a story about what, what I had to do. But the consequences of not, you just haven't experienced those yet, but you will. Later on down the road, you will. You might be good at navigating it now, but you will, because most do. And so we need to flip it to go, look, I'm willing to do this consequence. I'm willing to humiliate myself and have tape measures all over me and people prying into my business and telling me what to eat and what not to eat because I, I don't want the consequences on the other end. So it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Like, imagine having that support with you, with your with your accountability partner, you know there's somebody praying for you every single day. God, I pray for John as he continues to struggle with X, Y, or Z. God, give him wisdom. Surround him with your strength. Brings words of, of, of scripture to his mind. We pray for that you may be healed because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. It's kind of weird that like as we grow in faith and grow in success, our prayers become more effective. I, I wrote this down. Confess your sins to God and be forgiven. Confess your sins to someone else and be free. So here's my question. Would you rather be guilt-free or set-free? If you want to be guilt-free, just spend your whole time with Jesus by yourself. Monday, Tuesday, oh my gosh, I had such a good Wednesday. Thursday, that's great. You'll be guilt-free. Jesus honors that. He honors those prayers of forgiveness. You want to be set free? You start talking to another human being about what it is. So here's how it was in my life. Uh, I was in my, shoot, early 20s, so it was like 10 years ago, and uh, <laughs> I was about, okay, so I was, so it was 30 years ago, and uh, uh, I'm sitting at a men's thing, and it was a successful church, and uh, um, the, the pastor is talking to men, you know, and it's all manly stuff, and uh, he's, he starts talking about this concept, like, oh, you'll never, you'll never get anywhere in your spiritual life without, without a, a partner or somebody to, to help you with, um, and he's like, and he talks about what he, what he would, had gone through. And he, he says, here's a, I just want to do a little exercise. 
If you don't have an accountability, I'm not doing this now, so don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you don't have an accountability partner, raise your hand. So all these hands go up, my hand goes up, whatever. He goes, keep them up, keep them up. And he goes, okay, find someone with their hand up, ask them to be your accountability partner. I'm like, mm, wow. Now I'm sitting right next to this dude. And I'm like, hey, uh, Wanna, you want to be my accountability partner? <laughs> He's, I mean, he said it, I had to, so, so we did. We did. There were two areas in my life that I wanted, I wanted to get a handle on, that I had gone through the same thing, Monday, Tuesday, mess up, pray, mess up, pray, mess up, pray. And so we start. And so I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you a little history lesson real quick. John Wesley is the founder of Methodism, and we are free Methodists, Okay. And he was part of this, when he was at Princeton, he was part of this group called the Holiness Club, which doesn't sound appealing, um, but that's what they did. And they asked themselves 22 questions. They asked each other 22 questions. I've only pulled out five of them, okay? Because these were the questions that my friend and I, uh, my accountability partner and I, ended up asking them, asking each other, and I call them John Wesley's Lame Questions. <laughs> He's dead, okay? It's all right. He's fine. He's with Jesus. He thinks this is funny, okay? Um, he's like, Jesus, oh my gosh, that dude. Okay. Okay. John Wesley's lame questions. And when I read them off to you, uh, you'll see why, okay? I just want you, to, I want you to picture yourself in front of another human being and, and, and assuming you answer these correctly, okay? Here we go. Number one, what known sins have you committed since our last meeting? Ah, oh, I told you they were lame. What known sins have you committed since our last meeting? Now, let me tell you something. It, it does get easier the longer you're with someone. Because the first one, your list is like, like, I thought we were only going to be an hour. You know? But as you go through that process and the pain of that process, and then experience the freedom of not being isolated anymore. Number one, you go, I ain't doing that because I got next week, I got breakfast at 7 a.m. on Friday. I'm not telling them about that. I don't want to have any part of that. That was hard. So your list starts getting long, uh, shorter. Okay, here we go. Watch this. <laughs> what temptations have you met with? Wait, 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 wait. If I met with a temptation then I'm good, because I didn't actually follow through it. I just met with the temptation. No, 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 let's see what your triggers are. And then we can talk about how to avoid those triggers. So we're going to move back. Instead of just sin avoidance, we go, okay, what patterns in your life bring up things? Oh, well, I, 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 I was coveting, you know, this car. Where were you? At the car lot. Okay. Let's stop going there, okay? You know, I was walking by the Ferrari dealership. Uh, you know, wh whatever. But that's your temptation. How were you delivered? Like, how did you get past it? Now we're getting into like, hey, let's get some patterns for each other. Like, oh, man, I've struggled with that too. How did you get delivered from that? Well, I, you know, I unplugged my cable. I did this. I, I, got, a, I got a, you know, something, you know, on my TV or my internet that sends all the websites that I look at to a buddy. That's how. Uh, number four, what have you thought, said, or done of which you doubt whether it's sin or not? Like, you got any gray areas in your life? 
But you just thought, nah, I don't even care. I want to hear about those too. Now we're moving back even farther to get a handle on this stuff. And then number five, this is so funny. This is great. I shouldn't, I shouldn't call them lame. They're really good. Have you nothing you desire to keep secret? <laughs> In other words, let's loop back to one again. Is there something you're not telling me? Because I'm, I'm telling you right now. You, may, maybe you'll, maybe you're, you're, you're a unicorn, a spiritual unicorn, and you just can go through life sinless on your own. That's great. That would be amazing. But if not, and if you're willing to answer these questions with another human being on a consistent basis, you will begin to be healed. You will begin to be whole. Like I said, I have never in my life gotten over a pattern without this is my solution. Ever. And most of the Christians I know that have overcome things, it's the same thing. Find another person hopefully of the same sex, it should be, and share your heart with them. Better to not be your spouse, I think, in my humble opinion. You just find somebody else. You have similar goals of what you want to achieve, and you ask those questions. Listen to what it says in Romans. This is our goal. We were therefore buried with him. In other words, that life of bondage and that life of being stuck is dead through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A life of freedom. A life of walking in Christ. Now, I just want to say this real quick. As the worship band comes up, one thing John Wesley, he, he, he kind of created was these uh, systems one is the society. That's what we're doing right now. As a matter of fact, when we have our annual meeting in two weeks, it'll be a, what we call a society meeting. Um, and it's just, and, and if you're not a member, you can still go to that, and you don't need to, uh, we vote on stuff, but, um, but it's kind of nice, if, especially if you're new, to just kind of see where we've been and where we're going. And that's a society. And then, and then uh, there's this thing called classes, and classes are just small groups, and that's the next level of accountability. And so we're starting this um, uh, small group series called Let Me Ask You a Question. And it's just questions that Jesus would, ha would ask you typically. And so you, 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 I'll preach a sermon on it. You'll go into your groups. Um, you'll read, a, it's a small chapter. And during that week, there's five devotionals in the book. And you'll do those devotionals. And then you'll be together and you'll be talking about it. And here's what I've found in every small group I've ever been in. You'll get closer with those people. That will be your thing. Now, that's probably not where you want to start asking those questions that I just showed up, okay? But it should whet your appetite for more intimacy. It should whet your appetite for, man, this is really helping me to be held accountable for my reading and my devotions, okay? What would happen if I found somebody that I could go through those questions with on certain areas of my life? And so we, we encourage you to, you can buy these online, um, although it took a while for us to get them. So you might uh, want to buy the Kindle version of it. It's like uh, nine bucks or something. Uh, these are on sale in the back for 10 bucks. And then the other thing I'd ask you to do is on the back of your connection card, just say small group, 
and write the evenings you can go to one so that we can begin the process of placing people where they need to go. Maybe for you, you're just not at that place for the five questions, and I understand that, although I would push back very strongly. That would, that would be like go, saying, I'm not ready to go to the doctor to stop smoking. It's, it's, the consequences are coming. You might as well have them now and get them over with. But maybe you're not there. Then join a small group. Just let that be your next entrance into the community. Again, on your connection cards, we ask everyone to fill out one of those connection cards. Just write on the back, small group, and the, um, the days you can do it, and someone will contact you. We're going to end with a worship song, and during this time, we, um, it's just a time where you can just sit and reflect and maybe reflect on something that God has spoken to you about. Him, when I talked about meeting with one other person, God may have placed a person in your mind. Like, you know what? I, I could do accountability with that person. Follow through with it. Follow through with it. Spend this time just praying, God, give me the courage to move forward in that, to get this handled once and for all. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your love for us. God, we thank you that there's no mountain you won't climb up. You leave the 99. There's no shadow you won't light up to come after us. And so, God, we just are thankful that you don't give up on us, but you also don't make it easy for us. You've shown us a blueprint. Lord, I pray we'd have the courage to follow through with it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, let's say you don't know where to start. Sorry, this just came to me now. Um, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know anybody. I want to be accountable to someone, but I don't know where to start. If you're serious about it, and you write on the back of your connection card, just accountability. And then we'll do our best to try to match you up with someone, okay? Um, but I didn't want you to leave without having you have that opportunity. Uh, and we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what we can, what we can do, okay? All right. Now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his wisdom, and his strength, and his mercy, and his courage, mostly his joy and wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.